0: Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only.
1: Thank you. That was a mad painter. <clears throat> Excuse me. Me, me, me. <laughs> Hi, hello world. I hope you can hear us. We're using radio waves here live on the air. I am Teresa J. Morris, T.J. Morris, and this is T.J. Morris T Radio for American Communications Online. So welcome all you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet. We hope you are all having a good time on the planet, staying out of the weather's way with volcanoes and earthquakes and Storms. I'm down here in Gulf Breeze, right down on the what they call the Panhandle of Florida. If you look at it uh, over over bird's eye view, you'll see the bottom right hand corner of the United States of America, and I sit in that little bitty thin part over close to Alabama and Louisiana. We're all, We got a storm out there, Barry. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, my uh, partner's co-host. Uh, Whatever you want to call them (laughs) Our peer review group for Allied Command Organizations meeting tonight And that is with Ken R. Johnston Sr. Which he lives right outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico And a mad painter also known as Thomas R. Becker Who sits right around Valdosta, Georgia Not too far, about 375 miles away And we're going to talk tonight about Disclosure Space Advocates and how we're going to share the Allied Command, a division of our group, ACO Club, an advanced communication agency, and how we're going to build our UFO Association, which is about UFO enthusiasts, artists, engineers, authors, researchers, science fiction writers, videographers. And we're going to talk about uh, art, culture, science, education, history, folk life technology, artificial intelligence, Futurology, Metaphysics, Phenomenology, and Our Human Origin. So we'll bring some awareness, we hope, to ourselves and each other <laughs> and hope that you enjoy uh, being our friends. We are in social media. We have a presence there, and we also have websites. So look at, uh, for us on acoassociation.com or ufoassociation.org. Now, we're armchair philosophers, I guess one might say, and we've been getting together Uh, Weekly to discuss what it is that we hope to do in the rotation of social media groups on Facebook and uh, also what we talk about in today's time. And the Allied Command, we didn't know that, at least I didn't know when I was talking about the Allied Command, that there was one on Earth until I put together shape Which was what Bob Dean was in Which it was a fellow ufologist He's passed over And my husband Thomas R. Mars has passed over So I needed some new people To play with in the Allied Command And uh, lo and behold uh, I started talking about the Allied Command In my books years ago And uh, I met uh, Ken R. Johnston uh, Probably somewhere way back In the early 60's at NASA And his uh, brother and uh, his uh, uncle and cousin, I guess, it seems like he had a family full of engineers, worked at NASA and Grumman down at Johnston Spacecraft Center when we all lived in Houston together. And I met a mad painter, uh, I'm guessing probably in another past life or a And another part of wherever we are in this big, huge expanse. But I just liked him right off back about 2012, right, when we were starting the Ascension Age and getting into radio. And uh, he was working for a friend of mine, Mike Ringley, in the Lebanon area of Kentucky. And uh, Cordoba, was it Cordoba? Anyway, basically... uh, He was running a station before So we all three got together And now we're working together To see what we can do about bringing other people Into our world of disclosure of space And how we can manage to be on the planet Or be in the world but not of it so to speak And talk about those from the heavens came And all those beings up there That uh, work together in space And uh, that's a reality for me so we're going to talk a little bit about that, but let me let them introduce themselves. They're both authors, and uh, I'm not sure if Ken's coming in through a mad or not. A mad painter, is it just you, or did you grab Ken already?
0: No, Ken's supposed to be here. We had not talked yet, but you know, he's showed up. So.
1: Mm. <laughs> so has he got his headset on and his Ken, mic?
0: Ken, Ken, can you hear us? Ken?
1: Not yet. Okay. What? Well, go ahead and introduce he's yourself. Here, Interesting. He, okay, here, he must here, not have. <laughs> All right. Well, go ahead and introduce yourself, and then I'll try to call his phone number since I'm not hearing him. I don't know if he's just not plugged in properly. But tell everybody about uh, your little book and uh, the new magazine you're working on. But mainly, just you know, give them an idea of who you are and why you show up here with me every week. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm mainly just inquisitive. I believe that we have been contacted by uh, extraterrestrial beings. Uh, I've I've had no interaction with them. Uh, I don't know anything about them, but I do believe they exist. Uh, I believe the universe is too vast out there not for them to exist, and uh, that's one of the reasons I do this. Uh, Hopefully one day I'll have a contact or, uh, you know, uh, un undisputable proof, but until then, I'm still a believer, and uh, I do these shows in order to learn more and hopefully help other people learn and understand what uh, is going on out there. I think that's really about it. Uh, now, I am putting together a, a bimonthly magazine for uh, 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 the uh, company here or the corporation. Uh, and uh, it, it'll be out on uh, Amazon every two months. The first issue's out there, which ain't nothing but fluff right now. It's Allied Command Organization. If you want to go uh, up there to Amazon and get a copy of it, uh, it's call did not go through. Will possible. you
1: please try your call again? Okay, <laughs> sorry, man. <Matt. laughs> that was uh, uh, that actually came. came to get
0: that actually came uh-huh. through. Uh, uh, Ken's phone, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ken, I tried to is? call Ken. Um, I don't know why we, he can't hear. But I apologize, folks, that we're trying to get Ken R. Johnston on here. He's on his Skype, but apparently uh, I can't get through on his phone. So uh, not he, he sure. Just, he just hung
0: up. It. So try calling him back.
1: Okay,
0: okay
1: let's try this.
0: All right, let's try that. uh, Each uh, each, uh, issue of the magazine will cover different topics that we talk about here at uh, uh, American uh, Communications Online, which ain't necessarily space. Uh, I mean, a lot of it's going to be oriented towards space because that's what I'm really interested in, and I'm doing most of the writing at the moment, so (laughs) that's what it's going to be about. This upcoming issue is going to have talk about Mars. I'm going to talk about space junk and a couple other things. Uh, let's see, Ken, can you hear us now? He joined us back. I'm not sure why he
1: can't hear us. Ken, do you have your headset? Uh, usually he can hear us, but we can't hear him. Uh, plug your set back in or something. Let's see. Maybe he's on Your his call phone. did not Let's go see. through. Will you please try your call nope. again? Okay, that was me trying to call him from the uh, his phone.
0: Yeah, he just, so he, just the, said he was having okay. he, he just typed that he was having problems with the audio.
1: So oh, he okay. can't hear us. Okay. Okay. Well uh that's your that's part for the course usually when he plugs in. I'm not sure uh, what we told him last time when he plugs his headset in, or was it? That he, uh, do you remember the deal he, with him and his sounds? He had to
0: uh, uh, plug it, his, headset his headset in or take his headset off? The yeah, it might okay. not be plugged in all the way, or uh, he's got them plugged into the wrong holes. And they're backwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Backwards. And go Never ahead and home. hang up and let TJ call you on the cell phone. That would I can probably call be you. The best,
1: yeah, I can I've All got right. the phone number I sent to you on your message, but it's three four seven nine four five seven two oh seven. Uh I sent oh, it, I it to set you. That on uh, yeah, that's the call in number. Three four seven nine four five seven two oh seven. Did uh I thought I heard him there for a minute.
0: No, you heard him. Uh,
1: that was you. Okay. That's our call guest call in, folks, three four seven nine four five seven two oh seven. And uh um, anyway and move him
0: from the call. And I'll call him
1: Okay. Time.
0: Okay. A second.
1: All right. Well folks, uh what I'm doing is doing my best to be here now and be in the moment and uh, help people with the expanse. And learning about the theory of everything and why we're even here on the planet, because that's the hard question that is uh, really in our consciousness. And a lot of people now believe this is a virtual reality. The game of life is played out in a computer simulation. And uh, I guess the one that's uh, most well-known for uh, the big toe theory or the theory of everything, my big toe, Tom Campbell, uh, is influencing us quite a lot uh, in uh, our reality. So uh, you may want to look him up. Uh, of course, Greg Braden is a big name in mm-hmm. what we do. Neil deGrasse Tyson, theoretical physicist Michio Kaku. And uh, a lot of people in science and space and NASA. So we welcome everybody to uh, play yeah. along here with us in this game of life. Go ahead.
0: DJ. You're- you're going to have to call him. It's not letting me call him because his Skype's still up.
1: Okay, his Skype's still up. All right. Well, let me try here. Uh, uh,
0: it's it's locked in. On my head if I try, it just automatically goes to that.
1: Okay. Let me tell him to shut down now. Let's get shut down <laughs> Skype and call in. I think it'd be the best thing. Three four seven nine four five seven two zero seven. He has trouble every week. It seems there. He, there he comes. I just Dude. told him that. That was quick. Now there you are. We found you. In cyberspace. <laughs> I so have. Oh, I probably stepped off
0: of the wrong jump room and got stuck for a while. So i <laughs> will do my best. I'll have to use the cell phone. Okay. Right I get dumped off of the the. Um, yeah. What you call it there? We were on uh, Skype. Skype, yeah. So I am I was listening to you guys on Skype, and then pff, I got dumped off of that. I'm going to join the call now, see if okay. that happens. Yeah, I, I I dumped you the last time in order to try and call you back, but it wouldn't let me call you back. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to click, says join. I'm going to click that and see if that uh, brings me back over. Well, you're on your
1: cell phone. We can hear you just fine. Yeah, yeah, so yeah you're it'll here cause now. a feedback. You'll have to get off okay. of, get off of Skype.
0: You mean to get off Skype? Delete okay. your Skype.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's either or. We don't need both. So that was just in case you couldn't remember the phone number, but we've given you the phone number. And uh, can oh, I'm getting feedback. You'll have to turn that off. You know how? I'm trying to. <laughs> Okay. I'll just, I'll I, I we'll give it a minute. Okay,
0: okay, I'm off. Now. I hung him up on the Skype, so it'll it'll be all right. Okay, am uh, I still, and, on, tele- well, am I yeah,
1: still on
0: the telephone? Am I still on the telephone?
1: You're on the you are. You're still on the telephone and you're live and on the air on uh, what we call Blog Talk Radio and this is T J Mars E T Radio, the channel or the show we have here and we work with American Communications online and do an allied command organization to try to promote that on planet Earth, working with all veterans and all people that have been on the planet and uh, how we're going to bring us all together to work for the expanse. So I want to talk to you guys about that and our thoughts and t- thoughts or things. But, Ken, go ahead and introduce yourself since we've been talking to to you and about you uh, for a few minutes. So do your best and give us your best Ken Johnston forward, if you don't mind, whoever you want to be tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm probably the, um, not, not to be spoken of Because I say, if the commander doesn't know how to uh, log on to the phone And talk to the extraterrestrials, how the heck are you going to listen to them?
1: <laughs> well, so, you um, know, it's hard uh, for us uh, down here on the planet <laughs> We have to learn these weird things we're not accustomed to doing
0: in the, space <laughs> it the
1: Anyway, uh, okay. real
0: quick, um, I'll give you a real quick um uh run down so other people are listening. Uh, my name, I go by Ken Johnston. Um, uh, call me uh, Lieutenant Colonel if you want to, or call me uh, Fleet Admiral. Me, none of those are good. Or they're all good. But uh, as far as this, I was um, uh, born a, the son of a captain in the Army Air Corps during World War II. Uh, he lost his life trying to bring the, the world into peace and came up uh some incidences which have recently been recovered through hypnotic regression of events and things that took place during my life. I I've come to the conclusion that a lot of us worldwide that have doing did the best they could. The families did the best they could to bring peace to the world, the earth here. That a lot of their children, their offsprings, have been chosen by extraterrestrials to be involved in bringing um, the knowledge to the world so that we can all function there. So um, I was looking at. Um, at Skype, you had a little earlier some of some of the information and things that they have there um, goes and shows and proves that I was one of the first four civilian astronauts for NASA during the Apollo program. Um, our job was to test the Apollo spacecraft be sure that they were all safe inside the vacuum chambers and so fact that we had one guy uh, almost lost his life inside the vacuum chambers and there have been so it's it's not just an easy free run to you know, pump down to 10 to the minus 12 torr vacuum, which is like uh, one molecule of air every cubic square foot. So, you know, um, we, we were we were doing what we had to do to prove it was safe so our astronauts could go to the moon. And we took great pride in the fact of being part of, of that organized group that uh, we set on the moon and brought back safely to the earth. So since then, uh, of course, uh, education degrees, I have uh, three degrees in college, um, um, uh, bachelor's degrees and doctor's degrees in aerospace engineering. Um, let's see, I worked at NASA with the uh, Grumman Aerospace Corporation, and then later with um, oh geez, we we they set it up so that every three years contracts would end, and they'd have to redo their contracts with the government. And that's one of the way they maintained secrecy, is because um, you keep moving people around everywhere; they don't get to get. All of the information. I was fortunate that at the Lunar Receiving Laboratory, I was the director of the data and the photo control that was brought back from the Apollo programs. And I was able to um, secure and keep a, an archive once it, um, we were told to destroy all the extras and everything else. And I tried to get them to donate the uh, records, the documents, uh, everything that went on during the Apollo, because after all, you know, we were civilians, we still are, and we, we paid for it. And I got jumped all over just to get rid of everything. I said, oh, fine. So I threw a whole set inside a duffel bag, put it in my car, threw the other stuff in the Dempsey Dumpster, and only kept one set, which became the, the master set of archives, pictures, first generation, off the negatives. And, um, and fortunately, I've been able to survive. The fact that I gave a complete copy to Roswell's uh, UFO um, Museum and Research Center – that was that was the safest thing I ever did because that made it available to the world and also made it to where if something were to happen to me. So what did you do to Ken Johnston? And you know, um, hey, it, it wouldn't do him any good to do do me. In, at least I'd, I hope not. I've had some close calls that I think were perpetrated on trying to shut me up. And unfortunately, you you can ask you could ask my mother if she was here. Says so, yeah, you can uh, ask uh, Kenny as they called me then uh, anything and. He'll tell you what it is. So uh, they probably weren't too happy with it. Anyway, so since then, uh, I've come forward, and that was the hardest thing to do, is come forward and make available to the world or the archive, as well as um, combating those that are trying to to keep um, earthlings into the dark before they don't realize that we are part of not just a solar system, but a the, the entire universe the, uh, of satient Intelligent Beings, and they've been waiting for us to finally get our act together so that we can become part of the Allied Federation of Satian Intelligent Beings. So that's the part that I'm playing now. I I uh, like what the, has been said about me, 99% of it, and I'm willing to stay direct and pro- Provide all the information that I have true data and records and things, and I'm honored to participate as as a fleet admiral in our side program that uh, personally I think it will be will be contacted more publicly when we have the full the rest of the full disclosure by the way, full disclosure is in its process right now i've had contacts and feedback that worldwide people are starting to accept the fact that hey, we are not alone in this universe. Uh, of intelligent beings and it's it's high time that we take that responsibility and stop being primitive and so many things we do and uh, people realize that doing good for your neighbors and doing good for not only human beings on planet earth but they'll find out interstellar wide once we're ready to do that then we can join that join the organization of intelligent sentient beings and take our place in the universe of intelligent beings, so I'm I'm pushing for that. I'm pushing for the the much better wide, full disclosure. And fortunately, you have run into um, T.J. and Ahmed. And forgive me, my memory got kind of banged up when they uh, a year and a half ago when they rear-ended my car and whiplashed, and I, so I have a little bit of a dropout. I can't remember the other gentleman's name. Forgive me. Uh, you step in when you can, T.J., and give all the names of those of those that you've chosen to work with you on the uh, uh, program that we're, we're presenting to the public. So that brings you up to date today. Oh, well, I guess you want to know. Uh, I am, I've am. i been a, a living, kicking being for 77 years. My official birthday is in October, October the 2nd, and I will be, and according to the calendar, 77 years old. But uh, since I'm going to live to at least 180, I'm just getting started real good, and once I hit that 180, I'm going to push for, for um, 200, and that will be after that, so. That should be enough information that anybody could probably track me down, <laughs> and that's, that's okay.
1: <laughs> All right, John Drockton of California has joined us. John's a computer expert and has owned his own company out in California, so it's good to see John again. He's in our chat room. John's been with us probably, John, what, 2012 or so? Today is July 11th at 7:11. If any of you are familiar with the 7-Elevens, the little first, uh, I believe 7-Elevens were, quote me if I'm wrong, but like your little convenience stores. At least it was when I was a kid. That was the first ones we knew as a real franchise, but we'll have to Google that in America. But 7-Eleven, it's uh, 7-Eleven-2019 for all you time travelers out there. We honor everyone in the metaphysical world and in the expanse of consciousness, which what is origin? What is consciousness? What are we inside these physical um, meat suits we're walking and talking in? Some can talk. Some can walk. Some can walk and talk. Some can even listen and hear and uh, speak at the same time. I've never figured that one out. I can barely speak and tie my shoe at the same time, (laughs) but I've tried that one, so uh, we're here to have fun and to be support for each other, and the ACO is a group of people that we started a long time ago, and uh, actually in Kentucky, and now I'm in Florida, and like I mentioned, Ken's in uh, New Mexico, around Albuquerque, and Thomas R. Becker is who um, you're referring to, Ken, Thomas R. Becker, Tom. And he goes by a mad painter, which is his, uh, I guess you'd say pen name or art name. Uh, how to uh, mad, just real quick, uh, on being an artist, when you don't sign your name, but you're like share, I guess, in the music world, but as an artist, you know, Leonardo da Vinci, we all know his name, but we don't all know a mad painter. So uh, how did you come up with that name, and you do sign your artwork, mad a mad painter or just a mad?
0: I just put a mad on him, and uh, the reason I come up with it is because everybody thought I was slightly insane. so <laughs> a little
1: mad. A little, I'm a mad, a little of a mad, <laughs> crazy scientist uh, going into space. Well, whenever I think of a, a mad scientist, I think of uh, the gentleman that had all the white hair. Uh, Sort of like Einstein. I guess we all think sort of like a small Einstein. But the gentleman that was in Back to the Future, that actor played, I don't know his name. I wish I did, folks. But, you know, we use science and we use science fiction a lot in movies. And uh, some of my best friends write some far out stuff out there. But I guess Tom Clancy, uh, I don't know why uh, Tom Clancy uh, in Rainbow Six just really uh, did it for me as far as – uh, military uh, science fiction but he based it on a lot of stuff in the military and a mad is basing his artwork i guess in a lot of space out there and uh, you can catch a mad painter but it's thomas r becker's the actual man meat suit i guess one might say you'll know, hear things here you may not hear other places or other places that are friends of mine have their own radio shows and they get in touch with me, and I, I'm not going to drop any names, but I'm even amazed at some of the famous, famous people that tune in to see what we're talking about and to see. Uh, and they challenge me to see what else I can come up with, or where my head's at. I've been on quite a few radio shows in the past, and it was fun. Uh, but where I'm at now, folks, is I'm really looking at how the Allied command that Ahmad uh, and Ken have agreed to help me with is. The fact that out in space we actually have various levels, and they to me, the way that was explained to me in my reality, and that's in 3D, although we do go by the 10 realities right now because it seems to be more accepted, is the fact that we have other dimensions and realms and other universes, and we're starting to adopt that in even our scientific, not just theological, or in our religious realms because we know that – Scientologists and the Mormons Are now the Latter-day Saints They all believe And we come from somewhere out there in space And for whatever reason the Beliefs may not have anything to do with our truth And truth may or may not Have anything to do with reality Our consciousness In the universal laws. So we're starting to get really In the deep end of the pool With deep thinkers and philosophers Especially those that are like us That like ufology alienology, phenomenology, and parapsychology, and it all seems to go together these days, and we're talking about theoretical science and quantum physics, quantum mechanics, and how is it possible we can do time travel, and uh, if time in space, we call it space time in science now, quantum science, and space-time, like a fourth dimension, we say time is definitely the fourth dimension because we can, we have to be somewhere at a certain time in a certain place. So we can, we say uh, time, space, and matter. But uh, where are you in space? So we have to have a point of origin. I think most of us learned that probably for the first time in the movie Stargate <laughs> from the scientist, or if you remember the gentleman that played that part in Stargate, where he said, you have to?" Have a, Three points to figure your points of origin. So we do, we use that in space, and a lot of our people say yeah, that's one I always six,
0: six three,
1: Really? Well, tell us about it. How's that work?
0: I is it figures out you have to have six, and the sixth one is the origin. The six well,
1: the six points. I've always heard three. Yeah, so the six, was,
0: is there a, the six points would be origin.
1: You're going to have you're to, to, to have a class and bring
0: us all up to date and t- teach us. So you're going to have to bring it up and teach us, too. Yeah, it, it would take quite a bit to explain, <laughs> and I'd have to do quite a bit of thinking, but I'm positive it's six positions.
1: Six points is a different way to speak. Well, I knew if you wanted to know where you were in navigation, we always had three points. But uh, navigation in space, but uh, – I don't know if we're supposed to start that or not, but to tell you the truth of navigation in space, we're going to be doing our best to draw uh, ways to speak about ourselves in space, not just on sea and in the air, but space and navigation. They always use star sightings, and uh, believe it or not, we're using new science and uh, radio communication, <laughs> navigating in space, time and navigation. So... Uh, Deep Space Nine, do y'all remember that? Deep Space Nine, NASA. Uh, how we're dealing with science fiction starships that navigate in deep space. And are we one of these groups? Are we really? Because we're spinning around on a planet. Who's to say this isn't a terraformed space traveling planet other than we're looking at we've been out there for billions of years and we're changing what we talk about in history these days. So space exploration, the techniques used to navigate and how we're going to invent new ways of space navigation around a lot of what we call space junk (laughs) and our radio communication out there in the distances of space And why is it important now? Because a lot of people, they don't think we ought to go out in space. And I believe if we came from space, we ought to get back out there and be autonomous, you know, and not just on this planet but many, many others. And because I've met in my reality, which doesn't make sense unless you're an advocate of space travel and inside the mind, the inter-self, the inter-world, and the outer world, your inter how you go inside yourself for definition and how you navigate outside that we should find out about these six points. So John Drockton, maybe you can look that up and throw it in the chat room for us. What is a man looking for with six versus three in the point of origin? All you people will have to get you back on here. Well, uh, uh, maybe Ken in space definition, have you got anything to add on our space navigators? As far as how you go forward, do you share any of that with your young people, traveling in space, or just use the three points of origin? I know there's three types of navigation, but have you got anything that you want to add on that? or Are we going to talk about that? Can you hear me? Who are you asking? Oh and that, that six point
0: I on. was talking about happens to be with Stargate anyways, by the way.
1: With Stargate.
0: Yeah, the show Stargate. That's where they mentioned that.
1: Can you can you can you uh share anything that you know about that?
0: I just looked it up. Is what it was. <laughs>
1: What's it say? Are you talking about uh, GPS or as an
0: example by Jackson in the 1994 movie in a three-dimensional universe, you need six references to establish a point, and you draw the three intersecting lines between these six points. So that's why you need the six points. The six points
1: versus three intersecting lines. Okay. Well, the field of navigation, folks, and that how it you
0: define – on
1: uh, he he fell off, but Ken, you're on live, you're live. Can you hear me, Ken? <laughs> Ken, are you? Can you hear me? This is so interesting because he fell off and he called back in. Ken, uh,
0: he said he can hear. I wonder has got.
1: Okay, I wonder why well, you're he on might the phone. Have Ken,
0: on itself.
1: Did you mute your phone, Ken? Check your mute button. See, because you're on and you're live, and your button's on. So, yeah, we're just trying to navigate the airways <laughs>
0: right
1: now. So uh, what, what language are we speaking? Space navigation, whether it's German, French, Dutch, Italian, Spanish, uh, Stargate comments. So, uh, you know... What we're going to be handling, folks, is the reality that there are alien civilizations and how they actually uh, deal with us in space. And alien civilizations exist, and I'm going to talk about how uh, they interact with us on a conscious level, which is going to be a little different than what we're accustomed to. But let's talk about alien navigation. And uh, I was going to get Ken, to, because Ken is actually a pilot. Now, I don't think in space uh, there's, there's choices we make about uh, exploration in space and navigating in space. And uh, we've got different people that have computation devices when you're in our atmosphere, but not with complex space trajectories when they're going to the moon and Mars and places like that. So uh, a lot of people are wondering if those that are conscious now have done this before, and uh, are they're sharing reverse technology. So we're getting not just into uh, why we're here and the revelations of who we are, but uh, have we done this before? So what is origin, and why are we using our minds these days, and why are some people seeing saucers or flying unidentified flying objects or, or uh, anomalous phenomena, and others are not? And I would like to reference uh, my grandson's birthday was on March 13th, and I just happened to be uh, a truck driver back on March 13th. And I was in a truck, and believe it or not, I was heading into Phoenix on a road before it was dark 30, before 9 or 9.30 that night. In the, does anybody rem- I can hear I can hear Ken. Ken, can, can you not hear us? I hear you loud
0: and clear. Did I push the right button?
1: Yeah, there you are. Yay! There you go. <laughs> got got back on here. Yeah, you <laughs> you fell off there for a while talking about space navigation. So now Ken's back. Yep. Oh Lord of mercy. Okay, okay, I Ken. I uh, give, uh, yeah,
0: I was going to give you a quick uh, run, rundown how we had to learn to fly in space and
1: um, well, of you course go. Something.
0: Yeah, and are you still listening to me? I am. Testing one? Person. Okay. As we say, uh, back in the early, just with airplanes, you have you have um, your whole environment. You have uh, forward, backwards, left, right, up, and down. Now, you add to that that you have um, – uh, in, in space, we use the same type of thing, but we couldn't use um, – we, we use what I call, we call a thrust translation um, handle, which is like a T-handle. And that's where it would, if we were looking at uh, something over to our left, we could turn the spacecraft, but we would have to use the, the T-T-C-A and increase um, thrust to go into that direction. And then we would have to, to throttle, not throttle, but rotate it over to the other side. So we were using uh, basically six six means of, of position. And then part of that we were using to get our our location, we'd pinpoint where uh, Mars was, where um, Saturn and Jupiter were, and where we would pick um, one of the uh, solar systems constellations, one of the largest, I'm trying to think of which one it was, one of the largest suns, if you want to go with that, stars, and that would be our our fixed position, because it was so many light years away, that um, whatever we did wouldn't even be able to be recognized and noticed, uh, because of the billions of or millions of light years, or perhaps billions of light years. So now that we, and I don't know. We—I can't remember the name of that particular star cluster, but that was what we'd use as our fixed base, and then we'd use the Earth, and we had the Earth rotating around around the Sun, and we had the Moon going around the Earth, and we had to take all those into consideration to know where we were. That kind of confuses everybody real good, and since it's been that many years since I was doing it, I'm probably confused just as much as you are, but we managed managed to be able to do that, and the computer systems have really changed a lot since then, so just about now all we have to do is punch in the title or the location of where we want to go, hit the go button, sit back and relax, and uh, we can uh, warp our way into that constellation and, and be at the location where we want to go. So uh, things have changed a lot since I was flying a little Piper Cub and then flying a uh, an F uh, an F four Phantom jet at twice the speed of sound. And so it's a lot. I think we've made a few improvements and we're moving in the right direction. So I don't know if that helps or just confuses people more, but <laughs> you know where you're at. Roll pitch yaw <laughs> translate left right up and down. So <laughs> it's 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 capable. We know how to do it.
1: Well, I think uh, the X, Y, Z uh, space points are the, your point with the three major axes where they intersect. It's more of what I was going for. Uh, well, see, those that, that, uh, six d- points create uh-huh. that.
0: The, the six okay. points create that. You have to have a beginning so and an end for each one of them points. So, see. so for the three lines, you have to have six positions.
1: So that's why you said Mike. six solved your… Your locating origin and right. your modeling space is to locate their zero point or your model space. So you insert your zero insertion. How do you find where you're at in the Big Bang? Okay, folks. <laughs> Was there a Big Bang in space? Are are you a creationist? Do you think some God has always been? I heard from those beings there in the Allied Command. The one that's real above those people Because we have an empirical standard In the realms out there Whether one wants to believe or not And that's up to you know whoever uh, I guess has you rise to the occasion Determining your your place in space And whether or not Big Bang Really happened or not But the points of origin Your vectors And what if your initial point Isn't your origin Sometimes we don't know our original point but, uh, for those of you on the planet, Stargate six points rotate and uh Ahmad's doing his best to make us understand, and so is uh, a pilot here pitching yawn roll forward back and what is the reason for us even existing in space? What is the model and the origin of are we one? Are we actually a alien species in space? That's sort of heavy to think about Uh, so we're going to do our best to keep you out there swirling around in space and wondering why are we here we work with a lot of people and we want to do the stem uh, stem program science technology engineering and math and how to get more women in uh, all these science technology and engineering and math but also anyone that wants to navigate and uh, work with us uh, you don't have to be intelligent. You just have to be curious, and being curious is a big part of that. Uh, so, if you'd like to get to know us better, please uh, like us here on. You can go to BlogTalkRadio.com, and then forward slash Tjmrct Radio to find us in our website, where we post all of our history. We're archivists; keep all our shows. And we're going to be talking more about navigation, space communication, lunar and planetary, and uh, how we're going to define who we are. And we're going to choose the business language of English. And then we can define other levels in uh, other countries and get them to help us translate. Now, Ken is going to be working with whatever you're interested in uh, with a chain of command with our group because we're individuals. And we're all curious. And, uh, Ken, are you working on something? Is that? Yes, I apologize. Put, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can't get away with anything, can you? And in radio land, we can hear what you're doing. So, yeah, uh, for some reason, it's these... Uh, uh, where we are in space and radio, we can hear uh, the sounds that happen and they get recorded here. We're going to put them up on Spreaker and iTunes and iHeart now. We're very fortunate to be getting out there with FM radio and uh, MixCloud and SoundCloud. We've got a lot of places now that uh, carry this radio show. And uh, they're really uh, glad that uh, we're going to speak frankly about uh what we're doing with those in America and in uh, other places. But we're doing our best to help these extraterrestrial beings. The American usage of extraterrestrial its often called a space alien. And uh, it, it, a lot of people, including me in the beginning, I didn't like the name alien, and I had asked our alien ETFO community to start calling us extraterrestrials versus uh <laughs> Uh, alien. So Alien versus ET got to be a big thing through the last 10 or 20 years. And I know since I started writing in 2006, and prior to that, I just had in-and-out investigations, but I wasn't allowed to talk about them. And I got started back in 67, May 67. So I've been doing investigations at least that long and learning how to be law enforcement, criminal justice, and that took me into space communication and navigation and finding out about people. Ken, do you remember going to the Windsor Plaza and us watching 2001 Space Odyssey? You and I were both there. I, in I sure
0: do. Yeah, it was it was yeah. great. Uh, I
1: really enjoyed that. It,
0: um, because it was kind of great. We had all the astronauts were, were brought in on bus, and uh, they were able to open up the door big enough. This was a dome, a giant dome, and uh, uh, every, just about – Everybody with NASA and involved in the space programs were invited to the the, the showing of it, and um, there was so much truth that was presented there that most people didn't didn't realize that um, that that we really were moving out into space and, and accomplishing more. So, uh, yeah, it was great. I'm, I didn't know that you were there either. We just learned something new we, we covered. Actually, you started with the space yeah. program almost the exact same year I did. I started. I got out of the Marine Corps in 1966, and I was with uh, NASA by the end of 66 and the start of 67. So we were just kind of doing our same things but uh, parallel lines So we got a chance I to run I wonder about
1: <laughs> – yeah, I wonder about that, Ken, to be honest with you, and James Oberg and all those people out there that have uh, gotten in touch with me. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey was produced by Stanley Kubrick. And uh right. it was uh we thought that we would be much further along, uh, when it came out. And uh I'm surprised that we're not further along in space now. Uh but it was two thousand one Space Odyssey for all of you. And you know, if you haven't seen it, uh it's fantasy sci fi, but it came out in nineteen sixty eight and we were like you said so we were, all went and uh they they blocked off the uh entire theater just for us from NASA. I don't know how you do that. I guess you just call and say we'd like to reserve the entire theater. <laughs> but it, uh, it, it, was, uh, it was the
0: astrodome, it was the astrodome that they that they filmed it in and it was brand new at the time as well. And uh so it was they they set up the the main screen where some uh, at one end of the big round circle dome and the rest of it was just bleachers and uh Balconies and places where they could, we could all get there. Were thousands of us in there. After some people made a comment that you know they could have stopped the whole space program if they got rid of that dome. At the time we were all inside of it. Ooh, bad thought. Glad we didn't make it because of the money,
1: (laughs) money involved. The release that was April third, fourth through the dot. My daughter was born April third, nineteen seventy, and it was April third when it was released in sixty-eight. But you know, folks, with what we're doing. We're du- we're going to try to get to a place in space where we can talk about things that uh, maybe you haven't thought about talking about. Maybe uh, the origin of who we are. And I've got allied command org space race origin. Are we one? Are we a space race that our our origin is in space? And I would suggest. That we are, but I can only base that on my own opinion, just like Ken and Ahmad, but I have had out-of-body experiences, and I've had near-death experiences, but then working with people, it'd be very hard to explain, and yet each of us have our own truth, our own reality, our own opinions, and our own belief as we go inside ourselves, and yet it seems to be, Mad. what is that that makes us want to share You know, you said why we were doing this and bringing this, at least sharing what I know and you know and Ken and anyone else that wants to join us, uh, including Tommy. I see Tommy's tuned in the last couple of minutes, but the fact is uh, we do let other people join us in the last hour, folks. But doing our best to get you to a point where you're open-minded and that you realize you're not alone in the universe, and what makes that so unless you've personally experienced it except that we talk to each other? Amad, you're probably one of the most open-minded people I know, and yet you're an author and an artist.
0: Yeah, I got to keep looking my brain up not.
1: off the floor. <laughs> I didn't mean that open-minded. It's not like chicken soup or melted butter out your ears. but <laughs> What a gross thought. Anyway, I, what makes us gel? You know, what makes us – we know that we're, we're not just our mind. We're not just our brain, and we're not just our body. But yet there's something that makes us stay in close proximity. The glue of the neurons, I guess, the protons and electrons and the quarks, but have have you any idea, because we do realize that we have vectors and points and space outside of our origin, our original soul self. But would you agree there's more to us? Maybe we all have six points. Maybe we do have, you know, well, when you put your hands out. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I, I believe that we have, we are all part of the – For I don't know what kind of term you want to use, but personally I use source. Which, you know, t- just for if you look at our minds, our minds and what we understand about science is nothing is matter until we observe it, until a conscious outside observer observes it. So the universe has to be somewhat conscious, or it wouldn't have existed before we did with a consciousness that is able to observe it. So, well, what makes us consciousness?
1: What happens to the people that can't see? They only feel, because that's happening right now to my my eldest uh, daughter's husband. She, he's lost sight, and he's in a coma right now. But they don't want to pull the plug on him they're, for at least ten more days. They're disconnected. The best, where is he? He's disconnected. He's, disconnected. he's, he's like not a,
0: connected with it. So uh, Ken just you can you join me back on Skype? I'm not sure what happened there.
1: All right, well, let me look.
0: Did he Ken, fall you're off still on, on the phone?
1: phone. <laughs> no, Ken, you're I'm still, still here. here.
0: Yeah, I'm still there. Yeah. I just get back to the full screen, and that's where I see you, Ahmed. You just went You went live. Well, NASA is well, an important the part. The the uh, Now, I'm NASA
1: started, I guess he sees you on Skype. I don't know if you're (laughs) zinked or not, but uh, NASA started a long, long time ago, and everybody's pro and con on if they've ever worked at NASA or been cleared by NASA. I've had my paperwork done by NASA that started in 67, 68, and uh, NASA's important to me because that was where I got most of my understanding that we're not alone in the universe, but I expected much more. In '68, and I don't know where we went wrong on a timeline, but that's what we say in uh, our Ace Folklife Life or Ace Metaphysical Institute, and uh, scanning integration of how we get along in space and uh, what we're putting up in space with satellites, uh, how we're going to learn to communicate with engineers, scientists, and the everyday Joe on the street. That if you just turn on the channel watching people in space, it's not that exciting. A mad, you know what I'm saying, and so we've got to learn how to integrate a roadmap for ourselves. Of that's if really, we can't that's see
0: occupation. That's true. with any occupation. I mean, if you watch a truck driver, it's only for a few minutes you're fascinated, and the rest of the time, <laughs> time is boring. It's the same thing with a <laughs> spaceman. <laughs> okay.
2: That's
0: what we used to
1: that's what we yeah. used to say
0: about, about our Apollo program is there's, it's made up of, of uh, many hours and hours of, of nothing but hour and hours and, and broken by a few moments of absolute terror. So, you know, that, that's kind of the way the whole program goes. You, you t- it takes a lot of time to get from point A to point B, and um, that's, that's just the way you deal with it that makes a difference.
1: What is uh, the other astronaut? His last name is Story. I've talked to him on uh, the phone here in Florida and out at AMI. Uh, uh, story Musgrave. Up... Yeah, that's it, um, Story he... Musgrave. Yeah, he's story been must on must TV go, quite must a lot.
0: Must go, story Musgrave, But anyway, yeah, he was about six foot. At first they were afraid that he was too tall to be able to fit inside of the uh, – um, Oh, the spacecraft that was going to get him up to Skylab, and he and uh, uh, two other guys spent a couple of weeks inside of uh, Skylab, a Skylab simulator, so to speak, inside the vacuum chamber at Johnson Space Center to test out and prove things they do. And then later he became one of the the actual um, uh, mission astronauts that went to our Skylab space space station. Our first space station was called Skylab. So yeah. he's
1: actually he's a, he's a, a, a doctor, spacecraft. doctor. Yeah. Story Musgrave, he spells it G-R-A-V-E-M-D, born August 19, 1935. Story Musgrave Franklin, Story Musgrave M.D., an American physician, retired NASA astronaut, public speaker, and consultant to both Disney's Imagineering Group and Applied Minds in California. Now, Tommy... uh, interviewed him uh but let me just let him talk tommy what did you learn about story musgrave when you got him on your show do you remember story
2: yeah well i had him on uh and he told me incredible stories but he never said anything about aliens but what he did say uh, he said that he was he, they created the space program for him he said he, was well, he went to the university pro- of
1: houston Clear Lake. That's where he lived. So that's where he went to... Edu- you know, he got his education right there at NASA in the Clear Lake area, but go no, ahead. No, but
2: he said they created it for him. They created He was on the first six shuttles. Uh, and he claimed that he saw things in space, but he wouldn't say anything about anything on the ground. And he said no, no astronaut yeah. ever came to him with any proof of anything. Uh, I called him months later because I had a friend that had... Uh, Blood from an alien, and we wanted to get it tested. And I said, We just shot a couple of really cool pictures. And he goes, Oh, I can't deal with that. And he hung up. Uh, I guess he's still collecting money from the government. Seriously.
1: He talked to me for an hour. We've talked at least twice for an hour long. But he has, uh, back in the day when he was in Florida, I was in Kentucky, he had a 12 year old daughter, but he'd fly every weekend. He'd fly south from Florida.
0: Over here, over
1: to uh, Ames, but now he's retired. But he's been on television a lot lately. He's a good speaker, you know. He's a really good speaker. Y'all look him up. Story Musgrave, American physician astronaut. So, did you meet him, uh, Ken? You met Story Musgrave?
0: Oh yeah, I worked with him uh, a whole lot because one of the one of the really? that, uh, they did. Oh yeah, when they uh, took Skylab, they went up to this our Skylab um, space station. And um, uh, I was involved with the group that um, took the, the command module, the leftover command module. Because, see, we, all, we only used up to um, mission 17 uh, or 16, 17, 17, because we had 18, 19, and 20 command modules and lunar modules in the factories that we weren't going to use. So it was easy for us to use one of the command modules and take uh, three you know, three astronauts up to Skylab and then later on on over to our our uh, regular space station that came up after that. But, yes, I did get to work with him at the Johnson Space Center and uh, give him all the information he needed on the Grumman lunar module because that was they were going to fly in it Put a, um, excuse me, they, they got up to the space station along with a lunar module. Then it was attached to Skylab. They would be able to go from Skylab into the lunar module, back away from Skylab, and we had mounted a telescope, a good-sized telescope, to the decent stage of the of the, um, uh, the, uh, the lunar, lunar module limb, and they could back away from the uh, space station, and it would be a separate telescope. And that was the plan. That was the plan. And as far as I know, from after being gone from the space station, I don't think that ever got to take place. that it was capable. We, we definitely did all the testing and the capabilities of our equipment to make it turn into uh, the uh, um, space. The the command module of the uh, space, yeah, lunar module, I should say, um, that it was quite capable of doing maneuvers that was needed to um, point the telescope at the various parts of constellations that they wanted. And let me add in here right now that, on my, uh, and let's see, my wife actually found this, and it was the 8th Annual Surviving Apollo Astronauts got together for the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, and Buzz Aldrin's uh, outfit, interesting, I'm looking at Buzz Aldrin, he's got white and red stripes up and down the socks in his boots, and then uh, blue up and down, so I guess it's red, white, and blue, he's being patriotic. But there's a picture of those that are surviving right there on my my Facebook, and you get to, uh, I guess, what do they call me here? Let me click on this thing. Uh, there I go. i will probably lose everybody doing this thing. Oh, well. um, um T.J., you, you know how to tell me Can you put on your own.
1: Facebook? Yeah. Go to your Facebook, Facebook and look TV. at it? All right. Yep, that's all I'll, you I'll do. I'm going to go on my laptop. Facebook.com forward slash. And then is it Mars One Astronaut or is it Ken Johnston? How do I get I there, Ken? I think it's Ken
0: Johnston. I, I don't call myself very often, so let me back down here a little <laughs> bit. There like, <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. This is Let's special. see. <laughs> well, we need to know because you're a public figure, so – we can do that. I've got TJ Mars ET radio. I see that. Steve Colburn. Uh, let's see. Let me put Ken R. Is it Ken R. Johnston? Yes. Ken R. Johnston. Let me try Ken R. Johnston and see if it will pull it up. Nope, that Ken R. Johnston has a puppy dog. That's not you.
0: No.
1: Uh, man. how do we pull him up? Mars One Astronaut? Oh, look for Ken. Ken, you got a picture up there of you with the astronauts?
0: Um, no, this is just a picture it out. All of all our astronauts in in tuxedos to be photographed. They're all sitting <laughs> on stools and different things together. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them that are still alive from the Apollo uh, era, and they're all sitting together there. And, and of course, um, uh, uh, Buzz Aldrin, <laughs> he is in the totally opposite suit of a regular tuxedo. The gentleman behind him has a tuxedo, but he's got green bordered stripes all the way around the the coat and around the sleeves and around the tail of the coat. So a little bit of, you know, a little hee-hee stuff going on there with, with him. I don't know which which one that is because these guys have changed in a lot in the last, oh, 36 years or f- 50 years, actually, it was, wasn't it? So I haven't been in contact. Oh, and when I've been in contact with since then was Buzz Aldrin and, um, 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 gosh, and he died on us too, uh, Apollo 17. Astronaut, uh, the lunar module pilot, and uh, Jim Irwin, hasn't Jim Irwin, and I. He's probably spent nearly almost a thousand hours with me inside the lunar module in the vacuum chambers, because uh, I we, we we did over three thousand hours, at least I did as a test pilot inside the lunar module in the vacuum chambers. So, uh, Buzz has the right to wear the outfit that he's wearing there, but he's got his red, white, and blue collar uh, uh, medal of honor around his neck hanging there, so that's kinda of cool. Have you been able to get into my my uh, website? Ken Johnston Media. yeah
1: What is it? I'm still looking. I mean you're a friend of mine and I I'm <laughs> putting on there sharing and I've got our show on there. Uh Tommy, how do you find him? He's a friend of yours and I'm looking I've got five thousand friends on this one which isn't helping me much. I put in What's Ken R. Johnson and, on it and it didn't share. work.
2: Uh, he's on my, Ken Johnston.
1: on my computer. Let me try Ken Johnston. Folks, uh, I'd like you to – yes, yeah, Ken ben. Johnston Mars 1. Let's see what this one says if I click on it. Ken Johnston dot 3158. Ken dot Johnston dot. So put in Ken Johnston dot 3158. Ken, write that down so we won't have to keep asking you about that. Let me get that. Let's so uh, so Ken you, Johnston. Be- Does it have a comma first? But Ken is K K E N small dot J O H N S T O N dot three one five eight, and uh, I probably need to grab that and put it on uh, on your pages for UFO uh, Association Allied Command, or if we're going to build that as a separate entity. Uh, which we have the name, the domain name, and I did have it up, but I'm not sure which direction we're going to go because so many people are veterans, you know, and uh, a lot of people saw 2001 Space Odyssey, and they probably feel just like we do, that they're part of something much greater, and uh, we could talk about that for a minute because – You don't have to be an astronaut like Ken here, Story Musgrave, to feel like you're part of the universe or universes. And I happen to feel I'm part of the universes. But then I don't know if I'm allowed with other people when I talk because I don't want to sound different but I've had out of body and near death but it's different since I died. And because I had contact with beings that were just as real as anybody I've seen in person and then we have we talk about dreams and other uh, realms and dimensions and we really this year is about getting organized in our own reality because each of us have our own it's not the same we die we come alone and we die alone and we may come into a body but you know we use the body and then we leave the body behind so we're talking about how we become originators of our own reality in our point of origin if it's not here, and I have a different place in space where I have a observe observer, and uh, we can get really deep on that, but how you uh, – do you have a sight, an observe, observation, Ken, and we can let Tommy and Amad talk about this. I have an observer inside me that's behind my eyes, and when I was sick as a child, I was rolling around in my mind, and it got caught inside my brain. And I know that sounds creepy, and I've tried to explain it to doctors, but they said that's impossible. That means you've had insight from inside your mind. He it sounds like you were stuck in your brain. I said, exactly. And a gentleman that was working with me in speech therapy, once I had my throat cut and my neck cut open and had titanium put back in like a cyborg, uh, you know, had already died and left my body. And we can get into that later with Tommy on another show Uh tuesday or saturday or sunday uh we'll have dr rick miller i'll get him to handle that but guys do you have another place that you observe yourself because i have one out in space now i don't know if you would call that when you watch uh your point of origin and your uh quantum mechanics that you have you can be they call it spooky uh it's like uh, einstein talked about uh you can be in two places at one time do you let me ask. go down the row, Ken and, and Ahmed and Tommy. Ken, do you have another place in, that you can be in your mind's eye or a part of you somewhere else in space or something to observe yourself? Do you know what I'm talking about, the person behind yes, the person, I do. an observer? Okay. Yes, I do. I'm, see if you can, see if you can explain that.
0: Okay. Each person can well, explain it. Let me. I finally got smart enough. I got it all in here. If you've got a pen and paper, it's to get to the uh, my website. It's you know the https colon backslash backslash www then a slash ken.johnston.3158. dot johnston dot three one five eight. Now that's the three one five eight and all that that you gave it earlier. The ken.johnston.3158. dot johnston dot three one five eight. That that's good if you already have all that HTTP stuff. And that's I get all mixed up with it. Now you, you were talking about experiences of out of, out of body. Um, well, I I, I know it's, people may find this interesting. My, I was the third born, uh, all three boys uh, of my mother. A R Dr. A R Johnston was uh, aerospace engineer, and he was in charge of the vacuum chamber testing that we were doing on the NASA side as a NASA engineer. Um, he's passed away. And then my brother that was in between AR and me, Jimmy, James Charles Johnston, um, uh, he was killed when he was in high school on a school party school hayride. Uh, in this case, where um, alcoholics, illegal aliens from down below were out driving them down the dirt roads and swooped whooped around and hit the, the wagon. They were having a hayride for, for fun for the high school seniors. And uh, that's how it were my brother. So I wound up the last of that but the difference i want to add and looking at a picture right now, of my father which was uh uh Johnston they were more of a scottish but uh, he had the french the french texture or complexion i should say but i wound up uh with blonde hair blue eyes and totally different than my other two brothers that were dark hair and uh, uh, brown eyes as a matter of fact so there was the, the theory came up that at the time when i had um tonsillectomy and uh, oh i was bo- here it is. i was born with a cyst over my left eyebrow left eye and at the age of uh that was the age of 3 and at the age of 5 the same doctor that removed the cyst um was going to do tonsillectomy on me and at the time that the um um they oh they used a um medication instead of ether back in those days rate anyway, they did ether on me, and my heart stopped beating, I stopped breathing, and the doctor threw the, the tools in the air and grabbed grabbed, and at the time, I just learned to do a mouth-to-mouth resuscitation and, and saving lives. And I bring that up only because um, my two brothers, as I mentioned, were dark-haired and brown eyes. Here I am, blonde hair blue eyes. And when you talk about uh, walk-ins or uh, entities that for, haven't finished what? your accomplishment might be, accomplishment might be on, on this planet as as a station, as a live human being, a shell, that there's a possibility that the person you're listening to now I'm talking is uh, a another being, either human being or what have you, that chose to incarnate into the human life, chose my body and where I was dying and on that table in the operation, and I survived. And since then, I've had numerous times in sleep mode that I've traveled to other planets, other places, events and things. And that's always been a thing in my life that I, I was interested in space and got to do it in this uh, condition that as a human being. Yet, having the opportunity to make contact with extraterrestrials through meditation, I did a lot of um, research into um or was it the Japanese and Chinese meditation techniques? I say that because I, I haven't been using it greatly. I, as a matter of fact, though, I did use uh, meditation to go into a, a transit sleep last night when my wife and I got in late. So, yeah, those events and things do happen, and some people are extremely good at being able to um, uh, tra- translate their their mental being to other locations throughout the whole universe so, don't be surprised if there are things that are going on that you may be aware of that you, you've you been hiding all these years. It's time to come forward.
1: So, well, thank that, you, Ken. That, That's a good point. Now, that helps. That helps me. And, uh, you know, however each of us think of that other part of us, I'm sure uh, we we'll just take a few minutes here. Uh, mad how about you, Yeah. Uh, that other part of you that maybe you can't see on the outside, but that place that you are, maybe behind your eyes, somewhere in your brain or somewhere outside your brain. But you know what I'm talking about. There's an, another part of you, maybe a deeper part of you. Some call it your soul, yeah, your essence. But
0: yeah, it shows in your dreams.
1: Go ahead. Your beta alpha theta delta. Your other level yeah, of it, consciousness. It, yeah, when you're
0: when you're dreaming, if you have elusive lucid dreams, that's the real you. I'll, I'll go along with real. that. This is kind of like a a, a costume that we wear. <laughs> this reality. Yeah. It, it's it's when well, you it, feel that, exciting,
1: though. Though. you know it's. You know there's a deeper inner you that monitors everything that other people can't see.
2: Oh definitely. And
1: uh that maybe it's not alien or maybe it is alien, or maybe it's extraterrestrial, or maybe it's what people refer to as their essence or their well, soul. But you know, other people I, I really can't don't. describe you. They just can't Yeah,
0: I don't consider it alien. I mean we're part of this universe, you know, so we're all you know, <laughs>
1: We're all, the same. Roll. Yeah, roll, well, we're all aliens,
0: we're all. Yeah, we're all basically.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tommy, what would you like to add to that? Because you're, you're a deep thinker and you've had out of body and near death too, but just add your part because well, we're all individuals.
2: Well, for me, it's so different than the way you word it, like alien. Uh, and when I leave my body, I don't stay in the lower realm. I don't stay in the Esther plane. I don't stay on planet Earth, either. Uh, most people do, and most people have to. But the astral plane is not even a place I want to go to. So when people say they leave their bodies and they float around and stuff, and they see their families and all that, that's still you. Like, uh, I guess, uh, Ahmad said it. And basically, you are a soul. You are that. You're not an alien. You're not a creature. But what you retain yourself as, awareness of your individuality of you is who that is, and that's soul. And I use the word soul. I don't use any of the other words that you're trying to use, but uh, alien would be if you took on another body because they're in bodies as well, and they don't travel the same way we do. Uh, So there's a lot of contradictory between wording, but it's also belief and understanding of your experience during that. I was out of my body, and I proved it many, many times to myself. I proved it to other people. So it's not like I'm making it up. I'm not dreaming it, and I'm not uh, creating it in my own reality. I'm just doing it. Uh, The other thing that people don't talk about, which is critical to when you leave your body, which very few people understand, I'll just say this lastly, is the silver cord. And that's what connects the soul back to this body when you leave it. very few people can disconnect from that because that that keeps you in the Esther plane from going any further Uh, and if you want to understand that Shirley MacLaine did a whole movie on that when she had that experience uh, she put her whole self on the line releasing that to the world saying that's what she did uh, which was, I was already doing it so it wasn't like I heard what she did and I tried to do it but uh, it's critical to learn that I think that's one of the most important things that a soul can learn in this physical reality is to learn how to leave their body
1: I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, folks, if you'd like to join us, we're going to have webinars and uh, lessons uh, on things that uh, you probably already are studying about yourself in metaphysics. But Saturday, I'm going to have Dr. Rick Allen Miller, and we'll go more into that, uh, whether it's uh, a foundation of your own self-improvement or not. I know it's been a big, strong part of me and my spiritual business community and my network that I've been working on for years, free and Facebook with all these groups, including UFO Secret Space and Alien Contact Work, whatever, we have many, many groups, and uh, our mission statement was just to have the highest standards of excellence with regard to the uplifting of humankind by providing spiritual and educational awareness, and that's how so many people have got to know me through the Ascension Center, I have Center, but I have so many of my places pointing right now to uh, ACO Association because we're trying to combine them all because they're so expensive these days to keep all the data up on a regular basis and do the webmaster work that's required, but we're talking about our origin, the meaning of ascension, and balancing our body, mind, spirit weekly, and uh, just everything and anything uh, regarding our past life regression and ancient beliefs and sacred places and Oh, uh, uh, actually, uh, whether or not multidimensional beings and star beings exist. We have Ascension Masters, uh, Avatars, Akashan teachers, extraterrestrials, uh, spacecraft UFO studies, and we're dividing up a lot of the nuts and bolts people. Uh, we have Mutual UFO Network having their 50th anniversary, and we've got all the astronauts in the 50th anniversary. It's a big time And we're all organizing, we're all different, but we're all the same. And so that special something that you have inside you, is it time for disclosure? Is it time for us to know our origin? Is it time to know if we're truly space advocates, if we really come from outer space? And what's the origin of the Big Bang? And what is the theory of everything? And these are questions, and some people call them hard questions because they can't get to the core they only know their inner self and they can touch their inner soul or know that there's something inside that stays in the body but where does it go once we leave here and some of us that have had out of body near death they say that's not possible that we died in the medical terms or scientific terms because we're still here but maybe it's just the fact that we had electronic intuition that was uh, important to all of us so uh, right now how do we want to do this what do we want to do and how do we want to have separate divisions so uh ken you've had an idea to have a chain of command but should we have a different division for like tommy and the ufo organization with uh, the different groups and social media and alien contact organization maybe with janet who's got one of our domain set that way up or. uh I don't know. And I, I'm mad, and I started Cosmos Connection and Allied Command here with you. What do you think, Ken? What's your idea? Well, I, I, I'm
0: um, actually kind of in favor of the three separate organizations that uh, we can all but we can all meet together and brings in the the full uh, diameter, if you will, of of the whole organization. And and uh, I think that would that would work fine. To be in each, have each one has its own chain of command, or its own organization, and then you, as as the supreme Allied commander, as I like to call you, um, would be the one to try to hold us and keep us all together. Because, for instance, um, um, I've, I've had people contact me and and being concerned that I was going to be involved with um, uh, a metaphysical or a uh, science fiction or non-reality organization that it might. Take away from the record documentations and experience I've had as one of the first four civilian astronauts and all the things that we did during the Apollo program. Yet, I, I don't see a connection or a problem with that kind of connection, so long as it's, we are working towards uh, education, learning more about who and what we are as uh, physical beings on this planet, as well as finding out who and what we may have been uh, in existence in another plane or another dimension whatever you so uh i'd love to have a lot of uh inputs or people to make contact back with us and uh, uh let me know what you, let me know what you think about all all three separate groups with the different ideas that it's not different ideas it's a different approach to our existence and what we've gone through and to become in a reality so we can understand what we've been through and uh I'm, I'm all in favor of finding out just ex- exactly who I am, what I am, where I've been, what I've done in the past. As long as what I'm doing now is something worthwhile to to all dimensions,
1: is that confusing? Well, enough? that's a good point. That's a good point because uh, Bob Dean was in shape. That's Supreme Headquarters, Allied Powers in Europe. Okay, and he brought out right. the force of uh, the extraterrestrials. Especially when uh, I didn't go to the International UFO Congress, but I had a talk with him as same as Clifford Stone, a lot of people that were involved over there, and uh, the Supreme Allied headquarters in Europe was uh, in Europe close to paris uh, they had they were formed after the headquarters for the North Atlantic treaty organization, Allied Command Operations. But they also have under NATO after World War II, okay, the Allied Command Operations, which I didn't know the ACO is responsible for planning and execution of all alliance operations. Now, I find this coincidental but strange, and I'm just going to tell you guys, all three of you guys. There's uh, Ken here, uh, Mad Painter Thomas, and Tommy. I found it odd that I had a husband named Tommy. And my best friend, Tommy Hawksblood, and then a mad painter is Thomas Becker. There's three Toms in my life. And then there's Aglian Contact Organization that we started here in 2014 as ACO, which was also Ascension Center Organization, ACO. And I've had that with the government for years and years, way back. I have T.J. Mars, ACIR, ACE, and ACO. But they have ACT, Allied Command Transformation Through uh, this. And and, and it's funny because Allied Command Operations International Organization on Britannica now all these have different groups and they're more government interrelated uh, out of the Supreme Headquarters in Europe. But I had no clue that the Allied Command transformation logo or any of that even existed through the NATO uh, Norfolk housing or Supreme Allied Commander. That uh, had anything to do with our group or It doesn't It has absolutely nothing to do with it However, those that were in space Called themselves the Allied Command And then the Supreme Allied Command Was over them Now the Allied Command I guess what uh, we're going to do Is separate metaphysical group With Dr. Rick Allen Miller on Saturdays And uh, what we'll do Is maybe have uh, Thomas Becker Who has formed the Allied Command Organization magazine Every two months, we can have a separate for space, space, uh, NASA, and people like uh, Story Musgrave and Ken Johnston and all those that have done 3D reality and astronauts the way we understand them in school. And here, down here in Florida where we have uh, Kennedy and other manned spacecraft and then Johnston, we can talk about that. And we can talk about the Allied Command operations over in Europe if you want are the top allied command NATO forces and how that got to be and the two strategic commands they had in the military and why all that really happened as far as uh, how that works with UFOs coming out and the unidentified flying objects and how Bob Dean became an author and speaker are really uh, related that and we carry the torch forward. But I had no intention of that when I started writing about the allied command years ago. That was a different uh, reality to me, and that just happens. It's like you go out and think you've got the only red car or the only red Mustang in the world, and then you see them everywhere. But you thought that, you know, the first one you'd ever saw, the first one you'd ever heard. went bop first one, you know, of course, that's not a good analogy, is it? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. You think you've got, you came up with the idea, and they're everywhere. Mad, can you address that because? I thought the Allied Command was strictly the grape in space, the Supreme Allied Command. I didn't really know Whoa. that we had one down here on the planet from World War Two.
0: Yeah, it it's it's from World War Two. And uh but now that that magazine is gonna cover all the shows that are done here at uh T J Moore or online communications, American communications. Okay. It, it, I mean so it's going not to just gonna be about it. space. Right now, it's okay. only about space because I'm I'm the only one doing the writing right now, and <laughs> that's one of my things okay. I mean so so I, I'm So I'm willing journalist. to take anybody's articles and consider them for publication in the magazine. No problem.
1: Well, Barry Gauntz thought I mean, about joint, thought about joining us. He was in the UFO move on with me. He was one of the star investigators over in Kentucky. And uh, Curse Rick, you know, and then we have Russ Brenniger. and Russ is an excellent art, uh, historian with uh, – you've got a copy of his book, don't you, Mad? Russell brenniger, one of our friends? Yeah, I book. haven't
0: finished reading it. It's an awful, intense book.
1: Very intense, very in-depth study in ufology, folks. Russell Brenniger, but he's – He's in our Facebook groups, and uh, we have all these social media groups, folks. They're free to be in there. You know that. Of course, a lot of people are concerned about Facebook, but most of us old people, the younger people, say we're we're here uh, to <laughs> – the older folks use it, and uh, I guess we do. So that's how a lot of people find each other. And, uh, Ken, you're on there just about every day, aren't you, on Facebook? Yeah. Um,
0: Oh, on Facebook I I check in on it. Yeah, every day I have to. We've got you know way over 5,000, and you get stuck right there. And I do my best to to be respectful of other people that contact and and want to have more information. I and I try to keep it up on my uh, and let other people post things on my Facebook. Uh, and then you have to go through and clean up some of the crap that gets on there too. I hate to say that, but yeah, I, I'm like what I was just talking about. I, I would love to have people go ahead and contact me through. Uh, the, the chat room of um, Facebook, and I'll do my best to to answer back. And and if if I don't get it answered back the way you want, don't give up. Okay, I've got a little dog underneath here chewing my cables. Oops, it's only ten weeks old, the baby German Shepherd, solid <laughs> back And um, and we chose the name of Inky, and I'm sure people know who Inky is. <laughs> the secret <Aww>. <laughs> If I can get this little monster up without him barking and yapping, okay. That's my that's my point at this point.
1: All right. Well, the uh, fact that we're going to carry more in a written uh, magazine will be a, of help. And then Tommy and Tina Bird have joined us on Tuesdays now to help keep up the UFO Association. But he, we're going to handle life source, again, the energy of all things. It always seems to creep in uh, just about everything, although we don't want to deal with politics and religion. But Tony R. Elliot is into politics mainly and the weather climate. And he's written quite a few books. He's in our author's book club. But he's a big uh, – he'll always be in the ACO. He's uh, always said he'll support me till I die. I don't know if that's good or bad. But at least he admits but that we're here on the we're planet together. Time. So we're <laughs> but he we're says he'll Stick with me. Yeah, Tony R. Elliott, <laughs> folks, and Russell Brenniger and Tina Bird, Tommy Hawk's Blood, and uh, Barry Gaunt, Art Greenfield, there's so many people out there, and so many have passed that it has been a little heartfelt lately for me. And I have to admit, I, I'd like to know how we're supposed to stay up on this energy and knowing that we still don't really know our origin. We only have our own inner feeling, our innermost soul, our innermost guidance from the inner self, our inner soul. And we've covered that, and people say, we get too deep and too spiritual, but so we'll have a a day for that. But right now we're doing Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, and we'll break them up into UFO Association on Tuesday, Thursday, and Kent. Ooh, what is that?
0: Yes. We're
1: gonna. I'm listening. Uh, so, okay, uh, with this being more with a uh have you got articles you that? Is there anything that you purchase? Particularly are involved in with the space or when you go off to these events because you're a speaker at these UFO events. Now, Tommy's right. been to some. I haven't been to any of them. I've been to Mid-South Con and then the psychic events we have here in town, health and wellness. I work more integrative medicine and more with the mind than I do UFOs or ETs, but I'm known for the extraterrestrial because of my Contact seeing them in New York and in Birmingham, Alabama, and going to White Sands and telling a little bit of my story. But uh, I don't know how to make this happen. So I guess you're going to well, say, I would... "All in command." Then it's going to be several things: science fiction, metaphysics, space travel, space advocates, UFO enthusiasts, uh, everything. Right? Argent, a little well, bit of everything.
0: Kind of I'm, I'm going to have to convince um, a few people who have contacted me that, like I say, were concerned that I'm uh, uh, taking away from what I've accomplished in my life before. And I, and I don't think that's that's valid. I think what you were doing… Well, I think you're we were, referring to time what, 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 travel
1: and space jump, aren't you? Because it's oh, very yeah. hard for people to understand the mindset, and Tommy could go into that a little bit, and I'm sure Mad could, because, folks, when we're talking about ourselves, we know that we have a mind. We know we have bit different levels of existence, and scientifically, we say beta, alpha, theta. Think about it. You're, I'm talking in my beta, and my alpha, if your alpha waves are not your theta or your delta waves, but they're studied medically, and we even have sigma and tau, and Dow is the one that they're, they are Tend to put you to sleep, and you're unconscious. They don't know where you go or how they do it. To be honest with you, and right. uh, this is something in neuroscience. And the, the people that put you under, uh, it, I don't know if all of y'all have been put under, but I know Tommy. Tommy, when you and I have had our shoulders worked on, or our necks worked on, to, and uh, uh, Mad Shirley, didn't you have your back or neck worked on? Let me start with a Mad neck. Um, Mad, you had your body was worked on, no. wasn't it?
0: No, I've never had no operations, no. I've been, I was putting traction really? into the field.
1: Well, I thought you'd had the same – but you've had broke your neck and back, right?
0: Traction. Yeah, I wouldn't let them operate.
1: Wow. Okay, well, so you haven't really been under uh, – let them put you under with any type of chemical or medical – for oh, medical I've, I've had correct?
0: operations. I've had a few oh, operations. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've got a place in put my
1: wrist. <laughs> what about anesthesia? Do you, I'm trying to get to the point that there's a, another part of us, uh, like with I anesthesia, that an you anest- get put under?
0: Oh, yeah, several times. I've been, yeah, you know, I've had three operations on my one leg. I've had my appendix out so, at least four times. Five times I've been. Uh,
1: so when you come back out, do you feel like you were just in black?
0: Uh, no, I don't know was where on. You've been? Stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Somebody's eating something on the line that we can hear it clip, clucking and gobbling and jumping. Is that
1: you, Ken? <laughs> oh, no, my dear, it is
0: not. It's totally quiet. It
1: must be Tommy. No, that was yeah. Tommy, I guess.
0: And it got uh, quiet right when yeah. you said that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was Tommy. <laughs> right okay,
0: now. Tommy. was enjoying it. Tommy. Sounded good.
2: <laughs>
1: Tommy, you know, uh, aren't
2: eating. eating anything.
1: That's funny. It's just oh. something close to some speaker. You were yeah, Tommy, about... you've been put under. Right. Yeah.
2: Uh, and I proved to my doctor that I left my body as well. Uh, it was one of the top surgeons in New York City at Lenox Hill Hospital. And uh, yeah. they brought me into this room. I told them I was into fire dancing. They couldn't find my, my, my main stream to put the, uh, the needle in. So he had to go in about three different times. And he goes, oh, he's a fire dancer. He doesn't worry about that, which I didn't. But uh, they found it. They put me to sleep. And then they do, did the operation. But the second they started doing the operation, I left my body. And I was looking at it for a while. I watched it for, I don't know how long, but then I left and went into the, to the inner worlds and I came back and then I watched the end of the operation. And what happened was when they took the needle out of my arm, I opened my eyes and the doctor, the first thing the doctor said, you can't be awake right now. I said, what do you mean I can't be awake? I'm wide awake. Oh no, you can't be. It's impossible. I said, well, I'm wide awake. And I told him, I said, I saw the whole operation. He goes, how could you see the operation? He goes, I'll come to the room. And he came to my room an hour later. And I told him what went on during the operation, and he was totally blown away. And this is one of the most, most famous doctors in New York City, working out at the best hospital in New York City, because he did all the big-name people like Catfish Hunter, Rod Stewart, all the people from Cats and things like that. But when I told him everything that I saw, he said, that's, like, impossible, but uh that 's the ways I prove that I actually left my body, and you 're not in your body you 're not your mind you 're not the body people don 't science will never probably understand that to the degree until you experience it when you 're outside of your body and when you are, if somebody blew up your body, you wouldn't feel it it 's not you're going to feel pain or anything uh, you don 't see anything <clears throat> the body goes in suspended animation, and during that time frame uh Soul is protected in most cases by spirit, and it's usually made to come back no matter what happens. So that's why people always come back. It's not because, well, oh, my, my angel told me to come back or this, that. But uh, spirit protects a person. If it's their time to go, then they'll just take them. But, uh, yeah, I did that many times in different ways. Uh, I, had like, I had so many operations, but I used to just leave because I didn't want to see the operation. Uh, but yeah, it's it's one way of knowing how real it is and how separate your body is from your mind, or what you perceive as your mind. I'll leave it at that.
0: Harry? I I've had many experiences like that, and and it's one of the things that you can actually learn. And, and of course, the 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 Japanese and the Chinese and the the um, uh, Asian philosophies and things teach abilities to. Uh, go out of your body and go to other locations. I used to practice with with a group, and we would we would actually try to join together in a a spiritual sense. I, I could go. I would go into a deep sleep transit. Then I could bring myself up. I could would lift up out of my body, look back and see my body where it's at. But then translate from where I am or where I was there to any location in the universe that I wanted to go to, and then um, be able to when it when uh, like if if you were being uh, in in a fire or something emergencies what have you you'd still have a string or a connection back to the body letting you know that there's something important that you have to come back to take charge of so yeah um, it, there is a training ability and, and metaphysical and it's the thing to to help you be able to translate outside your body and go go places and go and experience uh, events in other locations so. But that doesn't mean you can't come to the conferences that we haven't. You're just going to come metaphysically and watch it all yourself without paying. Come and join the rest of us. We'll have fun together. Okay.
1: Well, Ahmed, not- regarding our space origin, if we are one, and many people are wondering if we're just, uh, you know, the game of life, and if this is just a one big game. Like a virtual reality Have you studied any of that Or had any of those people on your radio shows yet That talk about this as a virtual well, reality
0: Well yeah I mean a lot of people think it's a virtual reality If you look at the universe out there It looks like the synapses of a brain We could just be the thought in God's mind
1: It and does look like go a synapses in the brain mm. yeah. If we're just so thoughts we Thoughts are things well, some well, that, people that's do what believe I was saying that we are about, the expanse.
0: Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier about the, you know, in order for things to manifest in this physical world of matter, it has to have thought behind it. We've proven that with the double uh, slit experiment. So before we got here, somebody had to be thinking about something in order for the universe to exist.
1: Well, it's a theory, sure. and. Uh, I don't know that anybody can tell anybody else or prove it to anybody else that there's something before you observe it there. It's uh, it's like when a tree falls in a forest that there's no one there to hear it, sort of like that's with sound. Sight, and I guess we're saying our senses, and if we're dead, do our senses exist? And and those that have been under anesthesia or whatever that come back out, They can't really usually say where they've been unless it's like Tommy or I say that we travel out of body. Some people get jolted out of their body and they learn that way or they've had their breath knocked out, but I've I've tried to explain to people that spinning around dizzy or falling and knocking your breath out isn't the same as being out of body. This is a totally different feeling of being able to see everything outside of yourself, looking at yourself. Uh, I don't know that there is a possible way, but uh, By location is one way I explain it to myself. And each individual has to find a way to explain the whole entire expanse, universe, God, godmother, the whole the wholeness of what we are as an individual. It's inside and it's outside. And it's a very complicated, deep thought. And yet some of us in this world, we know there's universal laws. So somewhere, like Ahmed, like you said, in, in this, if it's God's inside God's brain that looks like the universe is connected out there, the same as the neurons in our brain, and they can't possibly figure out how many we even have right now. The, the, what the next chart, the last chartered place is to find where the origin of all of us exists inside our own minds. Not to mention that it expands to as far out as you can go. And they're learning that the universal grid or whatever they think they can see in the points of light, that, that is not dark matter, but everything is expanding. Dark matter, dark energy, the omniverses that we know of or the universes or whatever you want to say. But most of science still talks about one universe. Have you noticed that? And I'll go down the line. Uh, Ken, start with you. Have you noticed when you're hearing or watching YouTubes or anything, they still – they'll talk about multiverses or metaverses, but they won't really commit yet. And I don't – when you think of it, do you think of only one universe expanding, or do you think of many, Ken? I I think it's
0: other dimensions, other dimensions. Mm, Okay. okay, that's – you know, yes, the the universe as we look at it, uh, in, in this being that we are right now, it, it's, we can connect with it. But then we realize, uh, if you realize that another space and time, that the, there's another universe. I, I think it's it's really hard to grasp and wrap your mind around the metaphysics uh, and and the and even the spiritual uh, connections with being able to know who you are, what you are, and where you are, and and Discovering that um, uh, we're we're not alone in either one of these. So the, it's it and then there's the the get into the religious side of things that we need to have a program. I guess you, that you want to know exactly where you are. Where is heaven? Where is hell? What is what what are you learning at this this stage? And do we do we have to repeat it? Do we have to go over again? These are things that are that have challenged people for uh, ever since this existence have thought of. So I, I have no problem with, with dealing in a, a, in transfer location. I I'm quite sure that I've, I have existed at other time zones and other dimensions on other, uh, other planets and other locations. So um, I hope, I hope the, the big brains out there don't say, Oh, these guys are wacky. They're nutter is nut, nut cakes. <laughs> I I, I think it's a matter of just being willing to, uh, search out and understand a little more of the existence that we have here and what we are as human beings and and what we need to learn and i would hate to do over some of the stuff that I screwed up in this lifetime, and you know i'm you, we're, we're quick to accept credits for the good things we did with a few times we've done something stupid. we just assume, hey, would you please erase that from my record? I don't want to hear about that again, so um
1: Not, I don't know if that's that be good point any
0: of it. yeah.
1: No, you, you made a good point because uh, you brought up some good points, of, like we were uh, gone full circle to XYZ, three points versus six points, or you need six for three. Or The fact is you mentioned heaven and hell, and a lot of people use those, uh, at least in America, probably around the world, for cultures. Okay. But we study cultures and the words we use. But let's let uh, Mad, can you get in on this one, weigh in on this uh,
0: what we're talking about here—dimensions, other dimensions, well, or other you realities? explain,
1: universes, or yeah, you know, whatever that is—we've got to uh, learn because we all use different words, and 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 uh, it's getting down to the wire where we're having to say, where are we and what are we, and we really don't, we really don't know. The bottom line is, nobody can really explain it, so we're trying to well, find no. a way to talk to each other: universes I, versus dimensions—are they the same?
0: I don't think we'll ever know in this reality. I don't think the human mind has the capacity to really understand what's the expanse that's out there. I mean, we have a hard time dealing with just how far it is to Jupiter, <laughs> let alone what the actual universe or multiverse is out there. You know, we just, we are not physically able to in this reality. So I, that's an unanswerable question. It's like what came before the Big Bang. I mean, we cannot answer that question. All we can have is theories. Right.
1: Where Tommy, you want to? Universes, multi dimensions, or both? Or, all right. Well, you you know. Know to
2: that, okay, yeah. yeah to me, <laughs> well,
1: it's
2: yeah. so different because uh, when you say multiverse and universe, that's still a physical dimension. I mean, the government, the science say, well, first, we have three dimensions. We have uh, and all these higher dimensions. But when you leave the lower realms, I talk about realms, uh, which is different than uh, dimensions. Dimension, like we have three dimension, four dimension, five dimension, six dimension. Well, there's 12 dimensions in this reality. Uh, but again, the astral plane, which they don't talk about because they don't understand it, has the same amount of realms, meaning you could go to different levels. So when people leave their bodies, traveling the universe and galaxies is nowhere compared to the higher realms where there's multiple no limit, multiple things to do, which are so different because you're not in a physical body anymore and you don't have the idea and mindset that a body has. (laughs) To me, reality in the physical world is useless. Without spiritual awareness or you can say religious awareness, there's not much difference between spiritual and religious only the fact that one deals with one God and one deals with the universe. That's basically the difference. Uh, but outside of that, when you go beyond that and you start exploring for yourself, mind has nothing to do with it. Mind can't perceive all that. But I mean, if you want to talk about dimensions, when you go back in time, go forward into a time like Al Birlik, who I was pretty close to. And I feel he's one of the few people that actually went back in time and forward. And When we talk about this world, this world will not be here the way it is in 20 years. We will be completely run by robots. We will be completely unpopulated. There will be very few people here. And that's going to be a solid fact that you want to go by any psychic reading, any religious reading, any Egyptian reading, Mayan reading, or Hopi reading. And basically it's because mankind has not moved forward in any way. Well, what does that have to do that,
0: with the, if there's other universes or multiverses
1: Well, you see, there. that, that has nothing dimensions.
2: to do with anything. We are that. I mean, when you go to, to universes, in the physical reality, you're going to Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, some other galaxy. That's nothing. It's just, it's just like going down the beach and counting the grains of sand. When you leave the whole lower realm, knowing what God, what, what they perceive as reality, and deal with a higher level of awareness... You're dealing with light and energy. You're not counting molecules. You're not counting the stars, trying to get to them, trying to populate them. It's so different. It's a different reality when you get to a point when you let go of mind. And if you keep in mind what science does, you're only going to perceive the physical formulas of the physical reality. The physical reality does not function in, in the astral reality. You don't breathe. You don't eat. You don't do those things the same as you have to do here. So every level you move higher it's less aware of everything you think you're learning down here that's helping you get forward. There's nothing here that can help you survive on the astral plane. Everything you learn, building a house, building a car, building a spaceship traveling to space, growing carrots, growing peas has nothing to do with the astral body. So there is a big twist and separation between mind and I, I call it ego mind because man thinks mind is God and all that and connected to it, which is it, it would prove that God is a sick, converted, twisted man or being if we are a part of it in a working level and understanding. So yes, yeah, some people will never understand that. And that's why reincarnation exists, which is being proven over and over. And, and it's going to happen every day, every year now in a greater level so people can perceive the truth about death. And I'm understanding it that it's not as, the, as science says it is, and it's not about mind. I mean, Buddha taught about mind. That's where the whole thinking mind consciousness came from. Uh, but going to history, there was no real teaching of God. Going back to the Egyptians, the Mayans, the Hindu people, they dealt with deities and aliens. There was never a concept of God, even.
1: So, yeah, this is a Well, lot of back learning. to the universes. Universes. Well, the and universes. universes. You don't think they're the same thing? Because science no, there's, there's 10 dimensions. Now, some oh, people say yeah. there's 11 and 12. I do too. But well, it just depends on how we think. And where is your inner core, you know, in your universe? Okay. And it's in like my soul. My finding ourselves is... versus. Yeah. Okay.
2: You know, when we talk, TJ, there's five five lower realms. The physical, the astral, the mental, the causal, and the etheric planes. And then there's the soul plane. Soul plane is where soul dwells. But soul can move beyond that as well. But you don't have a male or female body. You don't have a body that looks like a body. So the whole concept is useless to try to think about that when you still have a body and you still got to go to the bathroom, you still got to brush your teeth, you still got to eat, and all those things. The second I, I you leave this, your body...
0: I say this no more so than the theory that I had. It's just a theory. You don't have no proof of this.
2: Well, getting back to the point proving you're out of the body proves you're not this physical body. I mean, there's a religion called There's a religion called Shab Yoga, and they have been leaving their bodies, traveling in inner world to the astral plane and mental plane. Uh, you go to these high, de- high uh, uh, gurus and masters and listen to what they say and what they experience and what you can experience. When you leave the astral Plane, you're not going to experience anything of people, robots, computers, games, toys, any of that. It's non-existent there. So when you go there, and I'll tell you this, I had five death experiences, and I'm aware of what happened in every one of them, and they are completely different than what most people say.
0: you, you, You completely went off track here.
2: We were talking about getting into the d- dimensions and the No, we were realities. talking about. Do you think
0: it, it was a simple question? Do you think there's other realities or there there is other dimensions? That it was a simple question. We didn't need a whole theology lesson.
1: <laughs> Sixth dimension, seventh dimension. Those are hard to explain. If our universe is created inside our own mind, we need to understand what universal laws are, and yet. There is things like gravity, weak force, strong force. These, uh, I guess, is how we've started talking to each other in philosophy, and then we went into science, and I guess this is something we need to look at, because if we go back in history from what we can see, basically it was all philosophy anyway, and it still is when they give a PhD in philosophy, right? They become a doctor in philosophy, but do we believe what everybody says? No. The, each individual has their own perception. So shared, when we come here, and we all share, and people are listening to us out there, we all know that we each have our own individual way of being. But what makes us who we are is we're looking, are we an allied command, one that can come together in alliance, and are we really a space origin are we one? Is there something that makes us similar? Now, in science, they would call us a species because we all can think at a certain level and recognize ourselves in mirrors. A little different than animals. Well, maybe dolphins. I don't know. Certain they say elephants, dolphins. Certain things can understand looking in a mirror, but not everybody knows the presence of their self. And that's really deep. But here with Allied Command, how much of us is going to share? our innermost thoughts of what we are on the outside. And I guess we're creating our own reality on a regular basis, day to day. What do you think, Ken? Uh, uh, Do you feel like you're changing uh, daily?
0: I I know it sounds like somebody's eating in a bowl of ice cream, scraping the side of the bowl, and getting an awful clink and clank going on while you're trying to talk, and it is frustrating. So uh, I wanted to put that that in. Tommy, if it
1: comes from it comes from Hawaii. I'm sorry. It's in the. It's not Tommy. It's in the airwaves. But I'll just Tommy. Okay. I, I'll put you on me. But go ahead. Now we can hear you.
0: There you go. Ask yeah. me your
1: question now that I've
0: gotten rid of all the squeaking and scraping. <laughs> so, what, what do I believe? This uh, of other dimensions and of what we're doing and what uh, specifically? Yeah, we're sort of going is. into.
1: We're going into if we're all, I guess the best way to say it, if we're all individuals, we all have an inner, you know, like me, you, Tommy. We're all individuals, but yet we're all thought of as one species, you know, scientifically, right? So when we come yeah. together in these universal laws, you know, qu- a quick summary, you know, of the universe, so to speak. Greek, you know, the gravity, weak nuclear, strong nuclear, electromagnetism, the magnetism. But when we're together. You know, something keeps us in our body. We know we're something. And now at this point in space, we're all thinking about more. Uh, we have time to think that we're more. And I don't know if video games are helping that or not. But uh, you as an individual, and how do you connect with us and why? You know, me and Amad, we do this for a reason. And I'm trying to get to, I don't think we're going to change anything, but maybe we do every day. Do you feel like you're changing every day yourself?
0: I, I think I can go back to, and I think you'll get into this more when you get into the literature. Biblically, we we wind up um, we, we're put here why are we here on the planet Earth? Why are we here in this physical body? Why are we here? And I look at thank you very much and blow your nose someplace else. Anyway, I think it's that we're here to learn that this is a training field. This is an experience. And that's why the more we can take advantage of the, the opportunity here in this phase of existence that we're in, the more we can understand in a higher level. And I've, I've always believed in – this is my own personal belief – is that once we have achieved what we were sent here into this body and this realm and this existence to learn, then we're better, in better position to be able to go out and create another universe, another existence, and everything else. And if you want to use the term God, we basically will be looking over our dimensions that we've created and um, hopefully that we learned enough that we can make it do right. Unfortunately, that's why we, I think we have so much right and wrong and true and false and existence that, that is challenged. Do, do we truly exist right now or not? But it's a case of of where are we? in our own development, that we can be then uh, accepted to be the deity in charge of creating a whole new rele- rele- rest the, yeah, existence, I should say. Um, it, this is really really a heavy conversation that we've gotten into this evening, and I hope that our listeners uh, are enjoying some of it and uh, could jump in and and put their two cents in. So we're dealing mostly with, with what we each have experienced or what we have studied, and to many cases of what we believe, and I'm very pleased to say that I've tried to stick closely to just that which I have experienced, that which I I know is real in my existence, and uh, that's been the one thing that's probably kept me alive and kept me going, and uh, I think that my um, uh, handler, if you want to use the term, or deity that (laughs) is kind of been watching over me, kept me from getting my fanny killed many times and uh probably has an objective and a goal that I'm supposed to achieve. And if a part of that is being on this radio program and talking about things with you other folks. It's it's part of our existence. And I'm taking it as a part of education. So I'm I'm learning more and All keep right. it coming.
1: Well that's good because well, you know, the mysteries our- of life keep us interested, right?
0: Right. I I fully agree with Ken. And now, I wasn't trying to put I wasn't trying to put uh, Tommy's ideas down. I was just trying to get the fact that you know it was really out there. Uh, His reality and everybody else's reality might not necessarily be the same. I hope my reality isn't the same as everybody else's. I mean, personally, I like to be a creator. You know. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah.
1: That's the whole point. I think is that we are different. That's the point I was trying to make. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're and all that's how we are. you know
1: every, we and we don't we neither one of not,
0: us is necessarily right you
1: right, know uh,
0: totally right or totally wrong
1: right that's the whole we're, fun of being here thinking. the mystery of the universe <laughs> our future our future is our mystery of our universe what we're creating and nobody's creating the same thing together we think we are but, when all's said and done, and you go to sleep at night, your own thoughts come up, don't they? You preview or you know and you go into your own dreams, and sometimes you don't even recognize your own dreams, so that's the point is that we're all unique, and we are we are doing expanding you know the expanse is maybe these new dimensions you know we can we know we're in the three dimension, you know, and It's hard to explain to people that time and space is a fourth dimension, but we have to, it's like Neil deGrasse Tyson says, when you want to go meet somebody, like we come here, we know where, the day, or when, you know, we know when we want to based on time. That gives us our fourth dimension, because you know the place, and you know who. You know who you're going to meet if you're going to meet somebody, but you've got to have a time and space, and that's… Gives you the fourth dimension, but all these other dimensions fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth we're trying to do our best to figure out if they're really a part of the other universes, or are they other realms or dimensions, or are they all the same? And we're all beginning our own. And what was born before the Big Bang if it wasn't thought? And thoughts are expanding. And that here's the point I was trying to make it the whole thing is we're inner and we're outer. Uh oh. So, uh, Ken, are you still there? Oh, I sure am. Okay. Well, we've only got about five minutes left or so. Uh, a mad uh, painter has done a really good job tonight, has his Tommy Hawk's blood, who's on here. And, Tommy, it is the sound. You may not can hear it, but we can. There's all kind of weird I noises coming from your connection. Well, I, I wonder no why.
2: It's very noisy. But uh, what I just wanted to say, I'll, I'll just throw two cents in before I, before I get off. But, uh, you know, when you say everybody's making noise a problem. but basically what's happening, you, you're here to try, most people try to think they're going to change the world. Realize, when you say religion, there's 2.4 billion Christians. There's 2 billion Muslims. That's a big percentage of the world that believe a specific thing. So when we say, what do we believe in? Very few people believe in certain facts, so it's always a matter of how many people agree on it. When when it comes to theory, more people believe it, it's accepted, but I'll leave it at
1: that because it's just so noisy. Yeah, uh, the doggies are barking now, but uh, Tommy, we'll see you on uh, Tuesday, right? Tuesday with uh, Tina Bird and helping us with – with more UFO, uh, anything you can get on on any in, in data input on the UFO association, and uh, the different things that are going on the events, and just give us a weekly report will be a help, Tommy, on that. And then, uh, well, this one is Ken. Are you I'm going? Be... Yeah, I'm still here. I was just, Ken, are you going anywhere on a uh, speaking at anything?
0: Oh, my wife has that whole schedule. I'm. I'm going to have to have a calendar hanging right over my desk where I can look at it and, and keep it at the okay. front of my frontal lobe so I can remember. But I've got a couple of speeches and things coming up real soon. I think uh, next week I'm I'm going to be traveling with my wife, so I'll I'll let you know, and I'll, I'll, wherever I go, okay. I'll try to log in in a little while, okay?
1: All right, well, Richard, you know, the guy that's in our information intelligence security, Richard Pruitt – he bought your two books, and he took a picture of them and sent them to me to show me. Just so you know, Richard you, Pruitt that was visiting.
0: Uh, yeah, um, the name rings a bell. I thought you had a copy that I sent you.
1: I do. I have a copy, but Hopefully. he bought them for himself in, the, in Atlanta, uh, Georgia. So, Yeah, he wanted to okay. study your books uh, you know, in our organization, so he's – and uh, you remember he was intelligence, security, prior Air Force, Homeland Security, right? right? So a lot of people I don't, don't trust us because we're prior government or prior military, but we know that once you're out, you know, your mind's your own, you think what you want, and we're all still here trying to figure out the big picture together. So we hope uh, some of you people will join us in whatever part of the world you're in, and you don't have to be prior military. It just happens to be we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we work well, Tommy isn't he didn't work for the government. he worked for Ma Bell uh but uh a mad uh got booted off at the last but he says he's surprised he lasted as long as he did on Skype without getting booted off. so I'll have to say goodbye or good night for a mad painter tonight, everybody and Ken uh we'll keep you in our minds for keeping us all together and just do the best study you can on. How to keep all of us together. And uh, we will take it under advisement that you said, let's keep metaphysics. You know, we can keep them in each group. We can keep the UFO organization together. We can keep the metaphysical group separate. And then we'll keep uh, this, uh, we will have our advanced communications together, American Communication Alliance, and the Allied Command Organization for all of them. Uh, but we'll have different departments and divisions for our engineers. and Astronauts and researchers and science fiction writers, even our videographers. So, everybody's hanging there and uh, keep on doing what you're doing, Ken. And uh, we'll get you to call in next week, okay? Six to eight Thursday with Ken R. Johnston, right here. And uh, Ken, I'll send you all the links, okay? And we'll Sounds find like you on Facebook. S-L-A-P.
0: Sounds like all right, a plan. With S-L-A-P.
1: We <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> thank really you for your time, everybody Okay, thank you, All Ken right. good, good night Alright, folks All right. Good night uh, Okay, so folks, we're going to call it a night here And we're still working on how to get ourselves uh, figured out here At the deepest levels of who are we Why are we here Where are we going when we leave this universe or universes And uh, we're looking at uh, time and space and dimensions and realms and Uh, what makes us who we are, and uh, come join us as a philosopher. All right. We're going to get out of here and hope you uh, enjoyed it. Good night. We'll be here Saturday, Saturday, 8 p.m. Okay.